Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we're taking a little bit of a deviation. We don't have any Marvel content till the end of the month with What If coming out December 22nd through December 30th. Eight straight days of What If episodes. That's, that's very interesting, but we'll get to that another time. Listen, any time that I can talk a little wrestling on this show, I will take the opportunity to do so. And this past weekend, we had a lot of crazy, crazy shit happen in the world of professional wrestling. So, to the funny thing is, originally, I did not have Cam here to talk about any of this. We were going to talk about his article in The Ringer about Jey Uso. His name is Cameron Hawkins. He writes for at the aforementioned Ringer. Cam, how you doing, bro? Doing all right, man. Thank you for having me, as always. Always fun to be on here with a with a very smart brother. I appreciate it. So, yeah, man, thank you for having me, for sure. Oh, man, you're too kind. You are too kind. So, yes, we, we will get anybody listening and watching this right now. We will get to the CM Punk stuff later in the show. I promise we will talk plenty of CM Punk. But I wanted to start with Jey Uso. And he, he still figured pretty prominently into last night's Monday Night Raw as we found out that he will be challenging Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship next week. And he is smack dab in the middle of the Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins situation. And also on top of that, he had a nice little meeting with Randy Orton backstage that was really cool. The returning Randy Orton, another thing that happened this weekend. Yeah. And I guess I will start here, Cam. So you write this article, tremendous job, by the way. And everything that Jay has gone through over the past three years to this point from the pandemic, uh, challenging Roman Reigns in 2020, everything that he's gone through with the bloodline. I thought the thing that stood out to me reading your piece was I could get the sense of relating to Jay in that this journey of his was something that kind of came out of nowhere. And sometimes that's how life works. So I wanted to get your viewpoint as you put this story together. And even now, as we see his story is still evolving and the pops that he's getting, the way that he got the crowd jumping all the time, every time he comes out, like all of that encompassing Jay, how did you put all of that into perspective in the way that you did? I think, you know, him talking about basically relearning this job that he's already great at was really interesting to me. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Carmelo Hayes, uh, I guess over a year ago now, and, you know, he was already all world independent wrestler could do all the moves, but he was like, listen, I needed NXT cause I didn't know where to look on the camera. I didn't know how to play to the crowd. Like I was just out there wrestling, you know? And so with somebody like Jay, who has been through WWE system, but was doing in, in ways, I don't want to be like misconstrued here, but he's kind of doing half of the work sometimes because he is a tag partner, right? But now it's really just him and you have to emote. You have to play to the crowd. You have to fill this promo time. You have to make these gestures. Like you have to really sell yourself. So listening to him talk about relearning that was was really interesting to me. It hit home for me because, you know, um, this whole podcast and the media thing is something that, I had been doing for, you know, almost 10 years, like with my best friend, you know, and then I don't get that opportunity anymore. So I had to figure out how to do this on my own, you know, in the last four years or so, you know, and and really make it work like that. So yeah, I really felt where he was coming from. And, you know, it's, it's weird to say, like, you can hear the pain in what somebody's saying, but it was very much that he was like, no, like there are dark times when I'm not around my family and my brothers and my cousins that I don't necessarily like how I feel. And, you know, he talks about, you know, being in those airports, there's already six people on the flight, but at least you used to have seven when it was you and your brother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a lot I could relate to, man. It, it was, um, it was, look, it was part horror story, part coming of age story. Right. But, um, yeah. I think he did a very good job of conveying his feelings at that time. And so, you know, me being me, I was like, hey, why don't I write about the Langoliers and Stephen King? <laughs> because that's what it made me feel. But yeah, man, like genuinely um, listening to somebody who was a master of their craft have to relearn the job and find a way to maybe be even better is, is fascinating. And it's all about putting the work in. It was really, really like fun to just listen to him. 
So I think, you know, based off of everything that you just said there, I, it fascinates me so much, the coming of age story, because we've now seen that pro- across professional wrestling in a lot of senses late as of late guys really coming into their own. We could talk about the MJFs of the world. We could talk about Sami Zayn, all of these people kind of like rising to stardom. And I think the thing about Jay that is so cool is kind of knowing that all of that stuff that you said about the loneliness factor and the not being around your family when you're used to it, if those, th- those hum- the, that humanity is still there. That's within him. And yet the push to grow and the push to become something bigger and better. And I, I think there was like a, a, a brief story of Jay having his kind of first uh, autograph signing and meet and greet over the last uh, week or two and the fact that he didn't know if anybody was going to show up and i think that's just you know that's just the human part of coming along and not realizing how far you've come this journey has it's been it's been a hell of a journey for him and and i think the thing that you know as you mentioned in the piece at, at SummerSlam, it's like it hits you it hits you when you see that moment where he's standing on the top turnbuckle and he's got the crowd going, and this is like, what, 50, 60,000 people all in unison. Yeah. It, it was really incredible to watch, and I was like, this guy is out of here. He is yeah. out of here. So, so it's really it's really great to see. So in, in, in talking to the guy, what, what was the read that you got off of him as he – as he kind of talked about like different things, like he wants to go after Gunther for the Intercontinental title, talk about wrestling different tag teams. He really he really has a lot of ideas of how he wants to pursue this growth for himself individually and collectively. It really, for him, you know, it's about setting an example, I think. Um, he really does carry the weight of being Rikishi's son, being Rock's cousin, being Roman's cousin. He carries that weight, but not in a way like it's not an, it's not an, an, an albatross. You know what I mean? He carries it proudly and he wants to continue that legacy. So he was like, you know, we, we um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to like the actual podcast. I did put it out um, on South Congress, like our entire conversation. Oh, and one thing he says is like, he said, Cam, we got we got little Usus coming up 10, 11 years old trying to get into like trying to do what we do. And I tell him, like, first, you got to finish high school. But you got to want it because we worked for it. You know what I mean? Like we worked for it. This is something that's very important to us. Like there's a, a real pride that comes with everything that they've built. I think he's very aware that, you know, with what his grandfathers did, what his uncles and what his dad did, that's great. And that's fantastic. But he realizes that they're on to something else. They're main eventing WrestleManias. You know what I mean? Like they are on to something else. And I think he appreciates the weight of that. And so whatever role they have him in, he's ready to go. He was like, Cam, I was sitting, I was backstage in catering and they came up to me and said, Hey, you doing this in Roman tonight? And he's like, are you ribbing me? Are you ribbing me? Like he was, he was really doing that, you know? So this was really a surprise to him, but it was very much, I'm open to the challenge and this is going to be beneficial for all of us. You know, and then even, you know, him talking about Jimmy, like he 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 still he raves about Jimmy. He's like, Jimmy's the funny one. Like Jimmy's the one who never got hurt. You know, Jimmy's and he, safe in a way that was complimentary. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy's the one who does things the way they should be done. And, you know, I I asked him, I was like, let's talk dream matches. He was like, yo, FTRs, dope. We I felt like we didn't get what we needed out of the Hardys. It was just thrown together. Uh, gorillas of destiny and it's fun on the podcast too when he mentions gorillas of destiny i literally say a lot of people think y'all are cousins anyway and we just start laughing and he's like yeah somewhere down the line but he was like no young, he's like young bucks whoever if we're gonna do it we gotta come do it in wwe and people like thought that was so controversial and i was like that's what everybody's supposed to say in whatever company they work for. If you wrestle out of a 7-Eleven, you're supposed to tell tag teams to come to 7-Eleven and see you, you know? Um, But it was was very much like, again, being a master of your craft, knowing where you feel like your talents are going to be maximized. Um, And just, there's an enthusiasm to that guy, man. Like, it's, it's infectious how enthusiastic he is about what he's doing. He was like, you know, I'm 38. I've been doing this almost 15 years, but I, I feel, he was like, I still feel spry. I still feel light. I feel like I'm at my best. Like it was, it's, 
the, the guy's infectious. He's very charming. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think of the press conference that he and Cody did after they won the tag titles. Um, that was that was so that was so cool. Just that authenticity, moment. authenticity. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you about that off the air. Okay. <laughs> yes, and I think the. I mean, just like I had pointed out earlier, that genuine uh, that really felt genuine with the way that he was talking to Randy last night. It, yeah. That was a great, I thought that was just really cool in the way Randy responded in kind. It's just little things in the character that you see. Um, him doing the rock spit in the hand thing. It's just a lot of little things that he's added along the way, especially over the last couple of months as, uh, when he came yeah. to Raw. That's really ingratiated himself to not only the fans, but I think, I mean, it, it's, people are feeding off this energy, man. It's, it's, it's pretty special. One thing he said, you know, he was like, really? He's like, it's me, it's Kofi, and it's Randy. Like, we're the OGs for real. Like, as far as being in WWE that entire time for, like, that length of time, he was like, it's it's really us. You know what I mean? And so I think there is a certain, not that he's not great with everybody, but there is a certain reverence in that conversation, a certain familiarity being around each other so long. But, yeah, like, I noticed he incorporated, uh, yeah, the Rock's, like, spit slap. He, um, you know, again, he's, he's cutting his shirt shorter to show the abs. Like, he's doing a lot, you know what I mean? But he understands that that's... And, then like, him playing off Rhea is so funny. Yes. Like, like yes, her and her team beat me up every week, but I can't stop looking at that woman. Like, I, yeah, he's fun. He's a lot of fun. For sure. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, uh, what's something that might have not made, uh, that, that didn't make the cutting room floor, um, that, that you left out in your piece that you found uh, interesting? But my, I love being right about theories because um, I think when when I watch teams for a very long time, I think I have a bead on what gets them going. So the first thing I asked him was, to me, on the outside looking in, it looked like the debut of American Alpha lit something under you guys. Like, it was different from that point. He was like, no, yes, Oos, like... He was like, it was different for like a lot of teams. When they came up, they were hot. Um, he was like, but right there, we started dressing different. We started talking different. He was like, yes, that changed us. And I was like, man, like that that's to watch it happen. And that's always kind of something I would like mention here or there on Twitter. It never really got a bunch of traction, but it did feel good being right about that. You know what I mean? Like it changed a lot for him. Um, you know, of course, there's a reverence for the New Day um, that the absolutely in there. They he oh really appreciate yeah. what they've done. Um, pretty much everything else made it, man. Like we, we, we talked at length about, um, you know, he said, Sammy's probably one of the best people he's ever met, you know, they're friends, friends in real life. And so Sammy means a lot to him. Um, you know, being talked a lot about being under the wing of Roman and Heyman, but that kind of made it. But yeah, the, the American alpha thing was, was the one to me, which, which really like, okay, like th this was a different motivating factor for these guys. That's why we got Hell in the Cell, New Day, and Usos. That was the jumping off point. You One know of what the I mean? greatest so, matches of all time, yeah. man, uh, for my yeah. money. Absolutely. He, he does say uh, forfeiting to the New Day is one of is one of their top five moments in their career. Um, mm. He's like, it wouldn't be no Kofi Mania without us. It was really <laughs> fun. But yeah, man. Um, but everything else, a lot of stuff, Pretty much everything made it. I think. I think the American Alpha. Um, we decided that that was, while it was important to revisit, it was more focused on the Usos and not Jay. So we kind of left that out. But um, yeah, just about everything else is in. Again, you got to hear about Gunther. I'm so glad we left that in because man, I want to see that match now. I really yes. want to see that match now. That's exciting. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, and again, the stuff about um. The younger generations, because I brought up like Zilla Fatu, I brought up Simone, and he was like, Man, they gotta work, Cam. They gotta work. They gotta want this. They gotta love this. They gotta put the work in. And so, yeah, it was um just fun listening to him be elder statesman now and have the advice to give to the, to the younger generations when I remember when they were coming fresh out of college in sweater vests and braids. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's fun to watch it go full circle. Man, I remember them with the face paint. Man, yeah, exactly. Gracious. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're going back a ways. Um, mm -hmm. How do you how do you equate now that I mean you've been talking to a lot of these these guys and gals over the past months to years now you could now say years plural mm 
mm-hmm. especially like you you talking to LA Knight and kind of getting a similar vibe was like I'm not supposed to be here but I'm yeah. here. How do you equate to that? Because that's su- that's such an interesting interesting parallel because I do think when I read your stuff there is so much of a there's so much of a genuine passion to it in in the way that you kind of weave in everything together. So it makes me feel like, as you mentioned earlier, you trying to come up and trying to figure out things on your own. How do you translate something like that into what you write? And this is speaking of somebody who, who, who who has to dust off the pen himself at some point. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight through writer's block. So I'm interested to hear about your process. I think uh, kind of the biggest thing for me, um, these people are so much more interesting than they're made out to be. Like there's real people behind what got them here, right? And so I think with me, especially like with with the Carmelo Hayes, it's really easy because even though he's not 19, he's a kid, right? And so with him, you really get to talk about process and what you've learned. With an LA Knight or a Jay Uso, I'm talking about guys my age who are also figuring things out, new things or getting to this new spot, like like this new apex at my age. And so it's easy for me like to write about that because I can talk about, damn, this wasn't supposed to happen. And now here's why it is. Here's what did work. Here's what didn't work. Here's how I felt about that moment. Um, it, it doesn't get to be super difficult because I feel like I'm telling my own story through somebody else's shoes every time. You know what I mean? Um, we I got with uh, my editor, Cal, um, on uh, Worldwide Wednesdays with The Ringer. And I was like, I'm L.A. Knight. Cal, you're L.A. Knight. Like, you guys came and found me at 36. You know what I mean? Like, this could have never happened. And nobody would have been worse off. Everybody would have been fine. But this is the thing I was able to do. And the right set of circumstances happened. So with an L.A. Knight, we can talk about that grind. We can talk about maybe my ego stopped me from getting here as soon as I needed to be. But I belong here. You know what I mean? Like that that wasn't super tough to convey because it was right there. And again, with Jay, like I absolutely understand that sense of what everybody sees is unicorns and rainbows. What I go through is different. My process is different, but I understand the value of the work and what it means to not only me, but to my family and my friends and everybody else. So, man, I'm, 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 I'm stealing money, man. I'm telling my story remixing it with with these guys anecdotes you know what i mean um so it it just tends to come together man like i got um we're working on uh one for the end of the year somebody who's had a really really great 2023 and again i don't think it's going to be super difficult because it's about opportunity it's about process it's about what makes you tick and then getting that down to two thousand words each time you know Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's I, I wish I had some magic formula, man. I get in front of that Google Doc, I start going. Um, but the, but I tell you what, the, the J thing um, with uh, what happened both times, Anthony. Both times, I'm talking to LA Knight, and and genuinely, I don't think it's going great. I think it's going fine. He doesn't know me from nobody, so he's not like particularly like hype for the conversation. But then he tells me about that Michael Jackson remix page on YouTube that he's so into. I literally tell him, you know, you just wrote the story for me, right? Because that's a lot of what he is. He is this throwback who's found ways to incorporate what's new and what's fresh Mm. in a way that the crowd really responds to. It's great. You know, with Jay, um, what you don't hear, even if you listen to the podcast, um, I'm talking, as soon as we get on the Zoom, I don't have my camera on. I was like, Jay, I don't know if you remember me, but I told you in April in the green room at Wale Mania that you were you and I were going to tell this story. And he was like, I can't see you. Oops, turn your camera on. I turned my camera on. He was like, man, Cam, I remember you. You sure did say that, man. Let's go. And so that was, you know, it, it's 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 kind of similar with, with with Ricky Starks in that I've been writing this in my head for a year. So it's not going to be difficult to write. Um, and so, you know, me and Jay already having that relationship where I've kicked it with you, your brothers, your cousins, your mom, you know what I mean? Like we've really hung out. And so this is just going to be us kicking it and I'm going to turn it into what it's supposed to be. And it's going to work. What was that? What was that evening like 
for uh, Wally Mania was crazy, man. It's my it's my second one. Um, so, what was it like? We're at the Novo in LA. Um, really cool spot. We're back in the green rooms. We're writing out the guest list. Wale's manager is sitting in the green room with me with his phone, picking out names of who's going to be VIP. I'm like, this is so crazy. But um, we're writing up the list. And then, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Bloodline shows up early. Um, everybody's real cool. There's Daps hugs. We're walking around with them. You know, once we kind of do the their main stage thing, we're back in the back in the green room, the champagne's going, everybody's hanging out, we're talking. And so it just became natural. You know what I mean? Like everybody was real cool. Um, like they, they showed a lot of love. They showed a lot of love. Um, and then, you know, the next day I see a bunch of the cousins. They're yelling at me in the street. They're like, what's up on the bottles? Oops, my baby, I don't got no more champagne. I'm out of champagne. What can I do? Right. But then I saw Trinity at the signing the next day, you know, she's dapping me up. So that's like a cool, cool family. So like, you, you sometimes worry about meeting these people who are celebrities and it just being, you know, fake nice. You know what I mean? But nah, man, it was genuine. And so they made the job so easy because there was nothing difficult about it. A, let's get some more bottles. A, let's get some ice. A, you can sit down for a minute. Let's kick it. Let's talk. It was it was great, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got really, really drunk. Um I'm going to try not to do that this time because I feel like uh, I got a little more work to do. I probably have some family in town. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was oh. it was an amazing time. Uh, me and me and me and Solo got really cool after the show. He's like, yo, thank you so much for taking care of my family. Ooh, please don't make me laugh in front of these people ever again. I was like, I got you. My bad. My bad. <laughs> it was great, man. It was great for real. That's a great time, man. Yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome, man. No, man. And before we continue, I got to say, I, I'm so happy for you and to see you continue to to grow. And, you know, it's the understanding that the the quote unquote grind, as they say, um, is is that you got to put the work in. And, Absolutely. And your dedication to that is is noted and it's a, and it's appreciated. And uh, I just want to, I want to continue to see you do these great things. This is a, this is awesome. This is awesome for me to see who just discovered you like uh, on Twitter a year ago or so. So like, it's just like, it's almost like that, that for you thing, maybe it, it turned out to be decent in some ways because you see people who follow people who follow people adjacent mm-hmm. and then you find people. And, and it's, it's been awesome to watch your growth over the past year and uh yeah the jay uso story it's continuing world title shot on monday i can't wait to see what happens i'm sure one drew mcintyre um will be doing his best to make sure that does not go off without a hitch feel like it's not going to work out the way you want it <laughs> just kind of suspect that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know they was talking. They was talking about um, we might get a little Judgment Day uh, uh, interruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like if there was any time, we've been teasing this priest cashing for like five years now. Um, this might be an opportunity for them to do that. I'm I'm very interested to see what yeah, happens there. For sure. But but yes. Um, over the weekend, so Survivor Series War Games happens. Um, fun show. Thought the women's War Games match was awesome. Everybody performed well. The story of Bailey taking all the finishers at the end was pretty, pretty awesome. And that whole damage control thing this upcoming week should be a lot of fun to see where that goes. Because she did the little backstage afterwards talking about where's my where's my team at. And we've we've already seen the the cookie crumbs over the last couple of weeks of where that's headed. So we'll see where that goes. And so we get the men's war games match and you know it, it goes as you in a lot of ways you would expect then you get the the priest attempted cash in and of course Randy Orton comes back uh big pops wonderful moment to see him back look looks like a completely different person like just Jesus Christ this man is this man is uh is two times as big as when we saw him 18 months ago he is he 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 is Jack, but um, so then we have that we have that moment um we have the wonderful spots at the end the RKO off the off the top of the cage was pretty great, baby faces go over, you think the show is over, and then you hear cult of personality. It's like wait a minute, and for the last few months, 
everything since CM Punk left AEW has been, eh, there's no way he's coming back. Oh, but no, he is coming back. It's been back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there he is. Unbelievable. I, I was shocked, I'm as was everybody else, pretty much. Um, let's just start here. Where what is your what is your feeling on that relationship? And I, I thought Triple H summed it up pretty well in his in his uh, presser after, where he goes, you know, if you if you haven't found a way to grow after a decade, then there's definitely a real problem with you as a as an individual. So I I found that part interesting. So as it stands uh with with uh with with punk uh how how you feel about this whole situation and how it came together also you're muted i feel like the rent is due on the 1st and is late on the 4th <laughs> like okay so anthony we were we were leaving i think we were leaving a restaurant in LA and we're walking towards the Ring of Honor show. And I'm, I don't know what I had going on later, but I had somewhere I had to be Friday night. So I'm like, guys, I got to go take a nap. I can't go to the Ring of Honor show. But we're outside, and then we just, I think I got a text or somebody, or somebody came up to us who's also a medium was like, yo, Tony's giving Punk his own show. And we were like, What? It's like Tony's giving Punk his own show. And I was like, that's a terrible idea. Mm. That's a terrible idea. Because collision for folks who are not yeah. in the know. Yes. It's a terrible idea because you're showing, you're not solving the problem. You're separating people who need to be able to work together. Is how I felt about it at the time, right? Collision comes around and collision is dope. And of course, like I'm a little selfish about it because I felt like Rick really got his shine. Um, but the thing that was great about Collision was it was focused on a very small crew. It was Punk. It was FTR. It was Bullet Club Gold. It was Rick. It was House of Black. All right. And we're going to pit them against each other or against what are right now lesser opponents and let them shine, let them get the mic time. It feels like WCW Saturday night. Like, like I, I loved it. I really was a fan of it artistically. However, when guys on the other side don't like you and they see you getting your own thing, it's just not going to work. Like eventually it's going to come to a head and we watched it come to a head. Right. And so I'm not saying punk was right. I'm not saying the elite are right. Like the whole thing's a mess. It's a workplace, a workplace problem, whatever. But I will say this. Creatively, I thought punk was putting on a great show. Punk left AEW with one of his best AEW matches. And so when you bring him over to a situation where he can't fuck up, like he doesn't have the, nobody over there has the power to call their own shot. Like Roman Reigns has worked it out to where I understand how valuable I am. I'm going to pick and choose my spots, but that is a 10 year good behavior value thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a lot goes into that. Punk don't got that clock. Punk doesn't have that. The infrastructure of WWE right now is so tight that is it a perfect show? No. But too many people are happy and too many people are getting money for him to come in and say, I need to shake this up. Don't nobody want it shaken up. The people who want it shaken up are watching AEW. You know what I mean? So I think that you have Punk, who is one of these all-time talents, and he absolutely is, but you get him in a situation where hey, I know you're going to be on your best behavior because we're going to give you a lot of money to do what we feel is necessary. And a lot of money. Like, I don't know dollars and cents, but I know how much money they got right now. So I know he came in there on a fat deal. Like, if he ain't making as much as Seth, I'd be shocked. Right? So, I mean, my biggest thing is, again, things that happen in AEW, of course there are things that are his fault. You can't be fighting your coworkers. However, I feel like that was a situation set up for him to fail from the jump. Like genuinely set up for him to fail off rip. And, you know, I think this is a situation where if it doesn't work out, he can't blame anybody else. And they know that. Yes. Yeah. And I think the other thing that came out 
today and I wanted to get your perspective on it. This this uh <laughs> Brian Danielson being on a <laughs> on a panel of sorts that was in charge of determining whether CM Punk would be fired or not. What's happening over there? What's up with Tony Khan? I, I'm just curious. What, okay. What's happening? Yes. So I'm going to answer this slowly. Um, <laughs> Brian Danielson has 178 Twitter followers. And I found out today that our, he follows 178 people on Twitter. I found out today I'm one of them. Um, I have a relationship with his management team. So I want to be very, very judicious mm-hmm. when I say this. I think, me personally, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people back there wear a lot of hats. But I do not think talent should be the final call on somebody keeping their job or not. I think that is very much the job of the boss or people who are designated and trained as HR. That is what I think. Okay. And again, a lot of people back there are wearing a lot of hats. So it's not like a Danielson thing. And as a matter of fact, I think Danielson probably made the right call. Like, yeah, considering the circumstances. You can. You can't threat. You can't make your boss feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You can't do it, right? I just think that that is very much a call that should have came from the top and should not have been delegated. But again, like you know, QT just left. You know, QT doesn't like the direction that he thinks creative is going. He thinks they're going more for the wrestling. Um, and let me, I got that right, right? He thinks they're going more for the wrestling and less storyline, like more like New Japan, he said. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't a big fan of that, but QT was doing 92 jobs backstage. And so those are already getting delegated to different people from what I understand. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's a lot of people wearing a lot of hats. I, I really wish that Tony would slow down, stop hiring wrestlers, and hire a bunch of non-wrestling people to do the non-wrestling jobs. Hmm. And let the wrestlers wrestle. Like, I really think that should be the case. Because that's what WWE does. You know, do they have producers? Of course. Producers are in charge of the match. You know what I'm saying? They got a bunch of guys back there who come from corporate America or the Ivy League or whatever doing those jobs that they're supposed to do. So, Mm. yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hell of a story. How, How do you think they... How do you think they took this... This, uh... This situation... I mean, it's telling that you find out the day after uh, the day after he appears on Raw, you find out who fired him and how. Like, I think that I don't like that you couldn't be forthright last week, but you can be forthright now. I don't like how it looks. Um, And again, I'm somebody who wants AEW to succeed. I want more wrestlers to be employed. I want more people to find jobs in these things. I want to be able to tell more stories. I'm very much in favor of AEW existing, right? Mm-hmm. But like, man, I, I don't like to see the petty. And listen, WWE does some petty stuff too now. I can't lie. They do some petty stuff. Shout um, out to NXT from a, f- a few weeks back. Yeah. yeah they, they said they did. They smushed the cake in his face on his birthday. Like Cameron and paid in full. That happened. Very much so. But yeah, I'd like to see AEW handle that handle that type of business a little bit differently. I do feel like it was reactionary and not responsive, and and I'm not a fan of that when your company is is worth so much and should be doing so much. Um, and it's you know like my man Max is hurt. I hate that because I know how hard he's yeah, working over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a lot, but but I really just wish they would stay out of the petty and, and focus on the story and the wrestling, because that's what you're good at. Like, just focus on that. We don't need to know everything about Punk, especially if Punk ain't going to go on there and talk about y'all. Like, let's just, let's let it be. Let's move on, because that's what your top talent wants. So let's just keep it moving. Yes, yes. And, and yeah, Punk, Punk's promo was, <laughs> everybody was having a good time with it last night, as far as the, as far as just, you know, selling the story. Just, yeah. uh, just selling, selling the lie. And, I think it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate him in this. It's clear that they have their they have they have their eyes on on Seth and him for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which listen, you could say what you say what you want about Punk, but oh boy, that is a money match. I don't care what nobody yeah, says. Let Seth get his first main event. Um 
you know, let the main event night one. I think you can really build that story up now. I've also heard he might start with Seth, which would be really interesting. Um, <clears throat> but however they play it, I do want to see those two at WrestleMania. Like, I think that that is night one money match. Absolutely. Um, yes. It's just staying healthy. It's just staying healthy. I worry about Punk, man. Like, injury is a skill. Or health is a skill. I've always said that. Um, health is a skill. Uh, we've There's a lot of running backs who ain't going to the Hall of Fame because of bad knees. And had the talent. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. I'm really, really curious to see um, if he can stay healthy until then. And if he can, I'm ready for the match, man. I think it's going to be really, really good. So, I know a lot, a lot has been discussed as far as when are we going to get to Punk Roman? And I just wonder, I think you can definitely do that. I just don't, I, I just wonder if this is going to be a situation where it's a little further down the line. Because obviously with the Cody stuff and and yeah. what's happening there, that feels like that's something, that feels like a SummerSlam 2024 situation. Yeah, that feels like a non-title, you know, like, yeah, it feels like a grudge match. For like next summer. There's no rush for that. You know, I feel like Roman going to take a good two months, three months off between WrestleMania and then anyway. Great way to come back. Um, you know, Punk be on his high horse, whether Punk has a title or has won a big match. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of money in that. Like again, WWE doesn't need Punk, but boy, does it make your job easier, right? Like I think if you look at that War Games match, I do think that Finn Balor is still very much a main eventer. I really do think that, okay? I think Damian Priest, by virtue of money in the bank, is there or is getting there. So you got those two. Then you got Randy Orton, you got Jey Uso, you got Sami Zayn, you got Cody Rhodes, you got Seth. Like, you have a room full of main eventers. And that's not even talking SmackDown, right? You still got AJ Styles in the tuck. You still got LA Knight in the tuck. Of course you have Roman Reigns. Who knows what Solo is going to be in six months? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, what's, they're up with Bob, what's up with, with Bobby Lashley? Bobby man? Lashley right there. Chilling right now. Yeah, Bobby Lashley right there. You know, mm. Gunther right there. Mm. Like, you got guys. L- Logan Paul. You know mm. what I'm saying? You got guys you can put into a main event. Um, and I genuinely... If you really, really think about it, outside of that Armageddon match with who was it? Uh, Rock Austin, oh, Rock Austin, Angle, Rikishi, Undertaker, Rikishi, Undertaker Triple and Triple H. Yes. Outside of that six pack, have they ever had this many guys who can legitimately main event a WrestleMania and it not feel wrong? You know, mm-hmm. like I think WrestleMania nineteen, you had. You had HBK, Jericho, Brock, Angle, Rock, Austin right there at the end. You Triple H. Like, you you had Booker T. You had guys, but it's about at that level. They got that many guys right now, you know? Um, And guys who will get there. Like, dude, who knows? Like, I think they're going to slow play it. Who knows what Trick Williams is going to be six months from now, right? Mm. Heel Mellow? Heel Mellow? Heel HBK Mellow? Like, Julius Creek, they, man. They got him. They really got Braun Breakers right there. Yeah. They got Drag Drag Dragon. Listen, man, it's so many hard hidden so bastard. Many. Oh my yeah, god, man. it's so many, man. Yeah, so they're at a point where Punk is a great option. I think Punk knows he's not the only option, and they're not going to kowtow to him. And I kind of think he likes that. But genuinely, I think that sometimes you can get exactly what you want and see what it does to the people around you and see what it does to you. And I think that being in a situation like this that actually challenges him a little bit, I think is going to be fun to see. I well, so. especially with the way that, that it seems like Triple H is running this thing now. There's a, there's a structure where, as you mentioned earlier, people are happy. Yeah. People are in, people are in good spirits. They're, they love coming to work, and they don't want nothing upsetting that situation. So I would expect that, um, uh, <laughs> that Mr. Brooks will be on good behavior for the time being. Absolutely. Until until whatever time that is, you know, you mentioned a lot of these guys and there was one guy that I have to mention because over the past three weeks to a month, this guy has been absolutely tremendous in setting up his turn 
And that is one Santos Escobar. Oh, oh. Please talk to me about him because I, that promo where he just ran down Ray said, I hope you get an infection and I hope the surgery don't go well. Then he goes after Carlito. Oh my gosh. This heel turn has been absolutely sensational. There's, I've always said that WWE has been searching for the next Rey Mysterio since before they had Rey Mysterio because it's both the most easy and difficult thing in the world. Hey, dress somebody up like a superhero, let them do superhero shit and watch the money come in. But Rey Mysterio is absolutely a one of one. Nobody's been able to recreate that anywhere ever. But the thing is, Rey Mysterio is so good and so revered Every Mexican wrestler that has ever been in the ring with Rey Mysterio goes balls to the wall because it's Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. Like, go look at him and Andrade. Their matches on SmackDown. Between Andrade and Rey having them new knees, it's some of the best SmackDown wrestling I've ever seen. I just think there's such a reverence for that guy that when they get around him, it brings out the best in them. And listen, Santos has been smoking it since he had the mask on in NXT. Right. But that mask came on. They made him a little, little drug lord. And he's been out there killing it ever since. Great on the mic. His emotion is amazing and it's fantastic in the ring. And again, like, you know, WCW did that thing where they took masks off guys to show their personality, not to cut them off at the knees. But in this case, I really do think it's benefited him because he is such a personality. He like he is such a good, bad guy. Um, he can't miss, man. They already trust him in the ring with everybody to go whatever length, and he's a personality to go with it. Like, there's never going to be another Rey Mysterio, but they have a bona fide Mexican star in him. Absolutely. Mm. Oh my gosh, that these last couple of weeks of promos, um, the the match this past weekend, just like the character is unbelievable. I Absolutely. just, I just have really enjoyed that and. Honestly, just really enjoy, really enjoying the product overall. I think it's um, it's 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 running on all cylinders, and I actually like. I know people have talked about like after Survivor Series, there's no, you know, there's a little build up to the Royal Rumble. There's no PLE in December and stuff like that. I actually like that. I I like that in building up stories on TV each week. Now you don't know what's gonna. Now you got the Cody Nakamura thing, which I think is interesting to, yeah. as a as a as a placeholder for Cody for the time being. That could that could you could get some good stuff out of that. Randy going after the Bloodline. Where does that go? What that that's intriguing too. The Damage Control story. I think it's a. I think that's one that we're gonna see what happens with Bailey, and I'm excited to see where that goes for her. That you could see a, a face turn coming from from her there, which is that first a long hug, time boy. coming. That first hug, like they they missed out on it so bad the first time around by making her look bad in front of uh in front of Alexa Bliss by like having her look dumb in front of Alexa Bliss. But Bailey's been so good with this heel run. Boy, when she flips that switch and goes back babyface, they're gonna they're gonna sell a million inflatable flailing tube. Man, it's gonna be crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another thing. Like, there's so many there's so many good things uh, going on right now. Um, what what is like one thing in particular that you're looking forward to see, whether it be storyline or potential match, or how do you see something playing out over the next couple of months as we are officially we're getting towards the road to WrestleMania? I think who beats Gunther is really interesting to me. Who they trust to do that? Um, does it happen? Before WrestleMania, does it happen at WrestleMania? And who do they trust enough to do it? Um, I think that's really interesting because you got to imagine he's immediately going to the world title picture after that. Right? Yeah, honestly, he should no be rematch. there already. That's, yeah, where sure. that's where I'm there. Yeah. So that's really interesting to me. Um, and who they build up to really be a threat to Rhea is interesting to me too. Because I think that while it's been great ingratiating her with the men and making her feel on their level. I do not think they treated her challengers the same way because she has to pull double duty. So who they finally put in front of her to really either dethrone her or push her to that level. I'm really interested in. I mean, if anything, I I'd say give, give her Becky, uh, give her Becky a mania. 
that'd be the that'd be the one where hey you know that that Charlotte match at WrestleMania was whew. one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh! I did, it's almost like you didn't want that one to end. So, mm-hmm. and I think Becky could do something similar as far as that's concerned. I mean, you said it. Put Becky in the ring and have her fight. And that's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. Absolutely. What, what she did with the NXT title was was tremendous stuff. That's what you want from your vet. That's what you want from your vet to give a damn and to work hard and to work your kids hard. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. So. Uh, that's that's something that I'm interested in. I mean, the the Gunther thing, as you mentioned, Gunther's done a couple of interviews and he's talked about Brock Lesnar. Mm. Once you mention the name, oh, that would go crazy. <laughs> that boy. would go crazy because you feel like Brock respects him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that would go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we need that. Man. We need that. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, the product's in an interesting place right now and. You know, as you mentioned with AEW, I think the 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 MJF uh, with the labrum, that's a tough one. Hey, he said he's going to work through it. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Wish him the best. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Samoa Joe. That's uh, that's coming up. Uh, that, that They had a fun match um, in Long Island not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that. Yeah, wrestling's in a good place, man. You're, yeah. you're, you're like you're in the pocket. You're yeah, man. Everybody's, everybody's doing awesome. all right. Everybody's doing all right. And that, that definitely helps. Um, helps me um, be able to, you know, do this media stuff, to push these stories, to make these people feel heard because, you know, I, I don't feel like we're running out of stories anytime soon. You know, we're, we're picking and choosing a bit more than we used to. We want to slow it down. But, yeah, man, I feel like there's some really good stories to tell. Absolutely. Oh, man. And I guess I guess before we go, I, I you know, it's interesting that something came – Something came to mind uh, last week, and this is this is uh, not wrestling related, but I see all the DC posters that you have back there, mm-hmm. and so we have the we have Superman Legacy. We're seeing a lot of the castings going on, and I think so far the the cast for this movie is really impressive, um, just incredible. Like what what are you looking forward to with James Gunn running? running DC studios now as its own entity. And specifically, I know like they're going to put a lot of their eggs into this, the Superman movie. And, I, and, and as they should, this is a big character is a big return. It's fascinating to see. I wanted to get your thoughts. Some fun, some fun. Like there's no reason that the suicide squad should be more fun than every DC movie before. Let's have fun. This stuff should be fun. Like I've been rewatching Justice League Unlimited uh, last like couple of weeks, and it's so fun. Classic. It's bright and vibrant, and there are stories happening, and there are jokes, and it's just fun. Like I love that we got uh, the oldest gemstone kid is Jimmy Olsen. I'm fingers crossed that Stephen A. Smith is, is Perry White. Oh my like, god! Like, cool. like yes, let's have some fun. Let's just have fun. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I, I'm looking forward to it being a bit lighter. Like I, I, I thought Blue Beetle was really fun. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Especially you know if you are somebody who's familiar with like the the Mexican nuclear family or the Hispanic nuclear family. You're like, no, this is authentic. Like, I think any part of Latin culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this uh, is great. Like this is fun. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having a ball, man. Like I want to get back to enjoying these things, not slaving through them and picking them apart. You know what I mean? Less gray, less taupe. Let's get some bright blues and greens and reds. But I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be clever. And I think we're going to give a damn about the characters again. So, yes. yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, as you, as we get to the end of December and they're just ushering in this Aquaman movie and it's just like, all right, man. Let's uh, get there. Yeah. It, 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 it is what it is. And yeah, I'm excited. Gun, I think. You know, as we talked about earlier this year with Guardians, he just has a he has a deft touch at putting these emotions together and making the characters matter on the screen. And uh, yeah, that's what you look forward to. And and the main thing is like he's passionate about making this good. So when you are able to take the time and and be creative and all of those things, it's just going to be something really exciting to see. So. Yeah, just wanted to get quick thoughts on that. And and Cam, I wanted to thank you for joining me. This has been a lot of fun as always. Um, like I said before, I appreciate your work and 
Let us know where we can find you and your yeah, work. man. Um, the ringer.com um, is where you can find most of my writing. Most recently, um, talking to Jay Uso about his move to a uh, a solo act, kind of the, the highs and lows of that, his expectations, um, and just what he's really learned from it. Uh, right before that, talked to L.A. Knight before Crown Jewel about finally getting to this point. Um, and got something really cool coming up for the end of the year, so stay tuned to that. Um, you can definitely find my writing at uh, Fightful as well. And then on the socials, uh, Seahawks, C-E-E-H-A-W-K, on Instagram and Twitter. I think I just crossed... 22.8 on Twitter. It's a long way go. from that 1,000, boy. But, you know, most of it is because of the good work, I like to think. So, uh, yeah, we just want to keep that going. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod on all platforms, including Instagram, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. You can get our latest bonus content we did Hobbs and Shaw. That is out now. Hobbs and Shaw. We continue the Fast franchise. F9 is next for December. And, of course, $3 to get into the Discord. And, of course, $8 if you want to be a part of a future subscriber mailbag. And, of course, with as with, with any of these things, we appreciate your support. And we appreciate you for, for talking to us and, and being in the Discord and all of those wonderful things. So we will be back. I think we'll be back next week for something. I don't know what yet, but we'll figure something out. Me and Jake will cook something up. We're also not too far away from what if. It's just a couple of weeks away. So we will we will figure out how to cover that in the meantime. So for Cameron Hawkins, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. Next time.